Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. Oh my goodness, I am so excited for today's chat with our guest, Melissa Kidd. And we're going to talk about Mel's name, actually, just while I'm thinking about that, but I won't do that in the intro. So I met Mel a few years ago through our spiritual psychology studies, and we just instantly connected. And through those studies, you don't have a lot of time to hang out with each other. But when we did, it was deep and we've stayed in contact. And I'm just so excited to chat with Mel today. Mel's a fellow coach and she supports her clients in deep healing and profound spiritual manifestation. And she blends her experience and degrees in spiritual psychology, theatre and dance, and assists her clients to creatively clear the blocks that they have in life. So I want to find out about what you do there. And Mel's also going through her own transformation and renewal process. So I'm super keen to find out about that and all the other magical things that make Mel who she is. So welcome. How are you? I'm really good. I'm excited to be here with you. I love seeing your face always, your bright smile. You're just so gorgeous. Oh, right back at you. Like for those of you that are listening, hop over to YouTube because you'll see us on YouTube. But Mel is just radiating. She just has this beautiful radiance about her. So gorgeous. Like it's almost like this mysteriousness, but it's very radiant. (laughs) You make me giggle. I almost cried. Oh, this is just going to be a love fest. Mel, where are you coming to us from today? Where are you living? I am currently in Houston, Texas, which is where I grew up, one of the places I grew up. Yeah, that's where I am, over 100 degrees, loving it. Oh, so for those of Aussie, we're in winter. 100 degrees is hot. I don't know the exact conversion to Celsius, but it's hot, isn't it? You've had a really hot summer. Yeah, I don't know the conversion either, but... um. Yeah, it's pretty tough. When I heard you say it was winter earlier, I was like, oh, gosh, you said you had on the heater. I had my heater on under the desk and I had to turn it off because it's a bit noisy. So it's rainy. It's rainy and miserable here. So you've got your, like, looks like you've been out in the sun and been sun-kissed, rugged up in layers. (laughs) Yes. I just went on a little recharge in L.A. I lived in L.A. for a good 10 years and... Just went to visit some friends and hiked a lot in the mountains. I feel like that's where I feel like so at home in the mountains when I'm climbing. There's just something about it for me that, so yeah, lots of sunshine there. When I was there, it was like 80 something and everyone kept just talking about how hot it is. I'm like, and they'd stop me while I was exercising. It's so hot outside. I said, I'm from Texas. Like, this is glorious. This is nothing, but yeah, I'm just why. looking up time. I'm not time zone. 100 Fahrenheit, 37 degrees. So 100 where Melly's. That's hot for us. Our in Canberra, we get to that in summer, and we have a really dry heat. So it's probably similar to wow. to Texas. And interesting, you say that you resonate in the mountains. I am definitely a coastal having the beach, having the sunshine. And my goal is to move to, to do the sea change and to live by the sea. Yes. Supporting you in this. Yeah. (laughs) So you grew up in Texas. You grew up in Texas, Louisiana and Texas. They're, they're side by side. Yeah. Okay. And what was growing up like for you? (sighs) 
it was interesting. Um, I mean, what can I even say about it? It's been an interesting life. I just, I found theater at a young age. I'll say that. Like, that's yeah. where I felt like I felt drawn to theater. I just knew pretty young, like, that's what I wanted to do. Really? And so I just super focused on that. Yeah. And did you do that during school, like theatre? That was because you were acting, weren't you? That then went on to become a career for you for a bit? Yeah. I ended up going to uh, Webster University, a conservatory that was just all focused specifically on acting, anything to do with acting. And I was in heaven like that. I mean, that's the best way I could say it. I just felt like. It was everything I ever wanted. Yeah. Um, I can see you lighting up even when you talk about that, like your eyes just sparkle. And is that why, so you went to university, drawn to acting, and is that why you moved to L.A.? Eventually. I didn't end up in L.A. That was always my dream. I always wanted to go to L.A. I wanted to study theatre, but I wanted to be on film and TV. But I wanted the theatrical training. But years later, I went to L.A. What's the best way to say this? Like, by the end of my time in college, I had just decided I I needed to step away from it. Oh, interesting, because it was was it too intense or too or consuming? Well, I went through a really hard time. Like, the best way to say this is a lot of my trauma came up, like a lot of my trauma came up. Actually, I mean, I'll just go there. Um, Yeah, do it, please. Yeah, there was lots of drugs and alcohol and like, what's the best way to say this? I just, I I ended up going into a really deep depression and I, I just didn't know who I was anymore. Like, I just didn't want to do anything anymore. It was hard to graduate, to be honest. I used to call my mom and say, like, I just don't want to finish this, you know, she did everything she could to just get me to graduate. And so basically it was going through the motions. And then by that point, like this was the first time where I was like, I I didn't know it then, but now going back and looking at it, it was the first time where I realized, oh my God, like I just, I'm going to cry. You know me, I'll cry. Yeah, I'm going to cry with you. Yeah, (laughs) Is I just want to be me. Yeah. Like I didn't know how to be me. I just wanted to be a regular person and I wanted to get back to my joy, which is super relevant for this podcast. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. And so I just started searching for all the ways of like just getting back to my joy and like the first instinct I had at that time was I thought being normal and joyful was, you know, the bar scene. (laughs) <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, finding it in that external, in yes. the bar. Yeah. 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 So I struggled with outside substances for a really long time. I am sober now. I'll say that. Yay. Uh, which I Isn't adore. this the anniversary today? Isn't Today is a major milestone, yeah. yes, for me, which is important to celebrate. Like my yeah. sponsor at, for a long time, like I had a habit of, just brushing things aside of accomplishments of, you know, it's really not that big of a deal or it's just a small thing or, or whatnot, but she makes me celebrate every single, like, you know, full out. So I've started doing that more, which I'm so remarkable at prizing everyone else. Congrats. I'm the yeah. uh, cheerleader archetype, if we're going to say that, but yeah, I'm a major cheerleader for everybody. You know, it's so easy to do that for everyone else. And so I had to really learn for a long time. Like, I need to start doing that for me. You Can know, I just even- um, ask you about that? Because I find that even with a lot of the people that I work with, my clients have different things that, that you know, you've talked about bar scene. Others, it's different things for them. But coming back to they find it hard to congratulate, celebrate, see the wins and the achievements in themselves. What are some of those things that you did? And I don't know if that's a, can you break it down into how you do that? 
even just talking today and saying today's a major milestone. Is that part of the celebrating your your achievements? Yeah, I mean, I write things down. I do a yeah. lot of journaling. Yeah. I will make it a habit to tell somebody, to share it with somebody. Awesome. Like, yeah. hey, I did this. And I'll even, this is good, relevant to my name. A lot of things I do, I do very childlike on purpose because yeah. I wanted to get back to that joy I had as a little kid. Yeah. But just selling my, celebrating myself like I'm a four-year-old, like I'm a three-year-old, you know, oh, I like. Love I love that <laughs> so much. So celebrating yourself, and that can be through just even what we say to ourselves, journaling. I love that you journal. I love journaling. And even just saying to other people just things that we're proud of and in that childlike way, tell me about your name. Tell me about Melissa Kidd. (laughs) I didn't know this. And when we were just doing a pre-podcast chat, it came up. Tell me about Melissa Kidd. Yes. So my biological last name is Rentrope. And when I was acting, I found when I was in the audition rooms, it was really challenging for people to understand. I mean, my whole life, it's been a a challenge for people to understand or hear what my name, you know, so I got tired of that. And like, and then it started showing up like I couldn't even say it. And like, I had to think about it so hard when I, you know, going in the audition rooms. And so I was like, I've just got to do something about this. And I was adopted later in life by a family named the kids. And yeah, it was like in, I don't know, 2015 or something. I made the decision because I was doing a lot of like introspective work and spiritual work. And I was like, for me, like I love essences. I work a lot with essence and qualities. And for me, that name reminded me of innocence like stay in that innocence, that childlike innocence. And it was also strong, that K and the D. And I was into numerology as well. So I, it's actually K-I-D-D, but I dropped a D. But anywho. Also, is it K-I-D now? Yeah. Well, we're working with that. Nothing's legal right now. So (laughs) it's K-I-D right now, but I do want to add that other D back in now. But I just really liked the strength and the sweetness of it. And those are major qualities that I actually work with, which, yeah. Oh, my gosh. There is so much even in what you've said there. I'm going to start with what you just said. Essences is beautiful as well. So is that through essential oil type essences or the essence of who you are? Tell me, yeah. tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I do love my essential oils. I've got geranium. Oh my gosh, right now I've got geranium, frankincense, and myrrh going. It's like oh, my specialty blend that that's I love. That's specialty blend, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just the essence from within. Like one of the things yeah. I love doing for myself is finding someone I admire or, you know, if I want something for myself or for my life, like, let's say money or wealth or whatever, how are rich people behaving? Like, how are they really behaving? Like not this uh, outer stereotype that I have, you know, thought of or assumed or whatnot. Like, who do I know? Like, and what, how are they? And like, for instance, the wealthiest people I've met, like in the world are the most kind, humble, giving you know, so I look, I'll find people I admire and find those essences and qualities about them. And then I'm like, well, how do I do that? There were a lot of them I didn't know. Like, I absolutely had no idea how to get there. And something I found works is, yeah, there's something to like bringing it in energetically and feeling it real, all of that. But a major key for me is taking action steps along like what does kindness do yeah and baby tiny little things and then just finding different areas of my life to do that you know and consistently and more of the time and on different levels so yeah I I love that about the essence like I love um essential oil essences but I love the essence of who we are as beings 
and how we want to show up in life. And we can choose to do that. We don't have to, um, you know, show up in life in the way that, you know, is a template. We actually have choice within that. And I love what you said there about thinking of people who kind of have the qualities that you aspire to have and looking at what does that actually mean and how can I bring that into my life in my way and doing little consistent bits, not just, I mean, sometimes you can, big things can happen, but from little things, big things grow. And I love that you're talking about that. So the essence and the quality of who you are and who you want to be is really powerful. So powerful. Well, here's where it gets even more fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me. So we can't see those things no. in other people unless they're already inside of ourselves somewhere. We wouldn't be able to recognize them. Yes. So it's less about, for me, it became more about getting rid of the stuff, the junk yeah. that's in the way of that, of like really standing strong, tall, confident, boldly, courageously in those yes. <laughs> essence. Yeah. Like a, you know, unpeeling of the onion or whatnot. Yeah. So that's fun element to it too. Oh, I love that. And do you know what I, I wrote a, responded to a social media post this morning and a girlfriend was giving me some beautiful, beautiful feedback. And I said, all I am is a mirror. I have the privilege of being the mirror to her beauty. And that was, that was beautiful. Like that was just so beautiful for me to receive, but I think it was beautiful for her to also receive that back. And one of the most powerful exercises that I've done for a very long time was almost what you're talking about here. And it was identifying the qualities of somebody that I admire. And by identifying those qualities, then it was, well, they're the qualities within me. And because like exactly what you said, that I wouldn't be able to see it if it wasn't within me. So that was really, I had to do a little bit of, I don't know, bit of grounding around that because the person who I had um, the qualities I see in this person, they're pretty fucking amazing. (laughs) And when it was kind of like, well, for me to be able to see those, then I have those qualities within me. And I would do a lot of, yeah, but, and downplaying myself. And it's, it was an interesting process. I think you've been through something similar, like you've been through that same process, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, when I learned that it was a total, I, I curse. Yeah. Is that okay? You can, yeah, yeah, it out. yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Authentic living. <laughs> it was a total mind fuck. <laughs> it was just like mind explosion. Like what? Like I, I just didn't know how to even handle that mm. information, but I don't know. What's yeah. your thoughts? And I'm not sure what my answer to this is. So the qualities that we, we aspire to have. And when we see them in someone else, they're a reflection of what we have in ourselves. What about the the shitty stuff that we don't like and we see that? Does that mean we have that shitty stuff within us? I think so. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, <laughs> that's one of the major <laughs> processes that I yeah. work with. It's gotten a lot better and a lot simpler these days. But like for when I first learned that, I mean, that was even more challenging, maybe like, I mean, yeah. So one of the ways I work with that is one of the main ways I live in life is the learning orientation, like yes. life school, you know, everything is for us, right? Mm-hmm. You, you get yeah. that. Yeah. And so if I, something was reflected to me that just punched me in the gut or I just loathed mm. It, it to me it became opportunity all right it's time to get to work yeah. like I guess they say school is in session or whatnot yes that's what yeah yes it's time to get to work and so that's when I will work that my intercessory process that's what mm-hmm. I call it do you want me to tell you what yes the, what the process is? yes I so do I so do Okay. So it was really, okay. So a few years ago, I'll, I'll just explain roughly. I was very hurt by someone. There was a lot of pain around it, a lot of fear around it, 
I did, I was in a lot of anger about it and I didn't know how to do this process with them. I'd been practicing doing it with, you know, and it was like, I know it worked, but I, I had to even say it out loud to like hundreds of classmates. Like, I don't know, like, please hold space for me Mm -hmm. because, you know, pray for me, whatever. Um, cause I am terrified to do this. And so basically, essentially what I do is I imagine that other person as a tiny little baby, my own self as a tiny little baby. And I place both of us in my heart. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what was so terrifying to me about it is like, this person has, I'm terrified of this person. How on earth? I'm going to bring that person into my heart because a, isn't that saying what they've done is okay. B I'm bringing them into the most intimate space of my being and allowing them there. Like talk about scary as shit, but I was like, I'm going to do it, you know? So I'll, I'll bring them, I'll do that. I'll bring them into my heart and myself and my heart and whatever it is that they have done or that I see as wrong, bad, horrible, I start doing self-forgiveness on it. You know, I forgive myself for judging myself as abusive. I forgive myself, even if my mind doesn't understand it, and even if I have never seen myself as abusive, it's I just start going with the flow. It's kind of free-form flow. And then a lot of times it's, not necessarily something they've done. It's what I've bought into believing about myself for it. So I forgive myself for buying into the misbelief that I am unworthy. I forgive myself for buying into the misbelief that I am a failure. I forgive myself for buying into the misbelief that I am not wanted. And usually that happens like either lots of sobbing tears happen or like people come in to let me know that's complete. And then I move into what is the truth? The truth is that I am a brilliant, radiant child of God. The truth is I am worthy of being seen, of being heard of. I am lovable. The truth is I'm lovable. So I go through that process and then I mean, it sounds cheesy and silly, but I just imagine them like in a ball of light and like being sent up to God or the heavens, you know, like this is not mine. Like it's my way of letting it go. This is not mine. And I tell you, it is a magical process. You know, this person in that situation, I was having trouble with them, like leaving me alone, basically. And after this I did this, like all of a sudden, psh, yeah, gone. So it's a super intimate experience and taking ownership and responsibility of like what it is. Cause it wouldn't bother me unless it was inside of my own self. Like I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't be affected by it or I'd be strong enough to just have that strong boundary of like, boop, they bounce away. <laughs> yeah. You know, gosh, that's. So- so powerful. So if people want to play that part back, Melissa's just gone through a process of, you know, really compassionate self-forgiveness. And that came from when I was asking about, you know, if we see qualities in others that we don't like, does that mean it's in us? And I believe that, yes, it's some element. And it's about my kind of belief, and I think yours is very similar, is when there's something that's uncomfortable within us, that it's coming forward to be healed. So yeah. when when I get, you know, and I've had a similar instance that you've talked about when somebody in my life, I just got really, really angry with, about their behaviours. So my process was to go, what is it within me that needs to be healed in relation to that anger? Yes. And then going through that, very similar process that you've just talked about the forgiveness. I always found it really hard. People would say, you just need to forgive this other person. Right. And I would just go, fuck off. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> like, because what they've done has hurt me. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. What they've done, I've been hurt by. So they haven't done it to hurt me, but I've been hurt by the thing that they've done. 
So what is it within me that needs to be healed? And then taking ownership of that and then going through that process of, you know, what what meaning have I put on this occurrence or, you know, series of of things happening? And I forgive myself for buying into that belief that this person is not nice. (laughs) You know, I forgive myself for judging myself as being not a very nice person because I judge them as being an asshole. And I forgive right. myself for buying into that misinterpretation that they didn't like who I was and they were out to get me. And the same process and the healing, oh, my God, I it wasn't about forgiving that person at all. At right. all. It was about <laughs> actually forgiving myself for the misbeliefs that I'd put on the situation and the energy just dissipated. And what, and I think the thing you said there that's really important is what is the truth statement? The truth is I'm a very kind, caring person. And the truth is that it's okay to get shitty sometimes. <laughs> and then, you know, and the truth is that I was doing the best that I could and they were doing the best that they could and blah, 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 blah. But the truth is when we go through that process and sometimes we can do it on our own, sometimes it's easier when somebody's guiding us through that process and just to be able to get to that. And the truth is, and then how, and that's where the healing happens. So I actually see people that I get triggered by as a gift. Please yes. don't, whoever's listening, don't deliberately try and be <laughs> gifts to me because I don't want that. <laughs> but I do see them as a gift because it's, it's showing something in me that needs a little bit of a tune-up and a little bit of a, you know, for me to be the best, you know, version of me. Totally. And at the moment, I don't always see it that way. Like, I want to be angry, (laughs) you know, like, this fucking sucks. Like, I don't want to do this. I used to hate that process, to be honest. Like, I didn't even like the word forgiveness. Like, I had attachments, like, judgments towards it. But, like, I had to do it. And... Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. <laughs> but I think that's important what you said then too, Mel, that it's important to acknowledge those feelings. We might make it sound like it's easy to do. It's not that. I found that process very hard, but I found it very healing, really powerful. But I also, and I still go through moments of fuck you and I have my angry pants on, but I let mm-hmm. myself wear them for a bit but not stay in them forever. Because if we don't acknowledge the feelings, we're just suppressing them or we're just going, oh, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Like it does matter that I felt hurt by what this person done. Because if I say, oh, it doesn't really matter, they didn't mean it, blah, blah, I'm kind of disqualifying. Is that the word? Disqualifying? Dis-somethinging my... I don't know what that word is. Sorry. (laughs) That's what emotion. The first part of that process for me, what I do actually is allow my feelings to speak. Yes. Yeah. Like I feel whatever part in my body is like, I'm really attuned to like, I'm feeling this in my gut. I'm feeling this in my heart. I'm feeling this in my head. Like I'll let myself speak as that tiny baby and sometimes I'm crying as a little infant that just came into this world I will let myself not vocally but inwardly you know express like all I need to express and yesterday I had to do it with anger because that was a very uncomfortable emotion for me anger you know like earlier when you said it's okay to be angry sometimes it's okay to wear my angry pants like that was an emotion I stifled I numbed yeah for a very long time like and yesterday I had that awareness of like oh my god like it's not that I want to escape right now and I would never choose to do this but I was very aware of like it wasn't that I wanted that outside substance it was that I wanted to numb yeah Yeah, you know I just I didn't want to feel oh my gosh that is remind me I've got to go back to that but um, what you're talking about there is giving the emotion a voice. Wow. And for some people, you, you might be able, some of the listeners might be familiar with this process, but it is actually 
just where am I feeling the emotion? If I, if that emotion was to talk to me, what does it have to say? And I sometimes do that through journaling. Sometimes I can just sit there and get the, and, and I just listen to what comes forward. And that might be something that some of the listeners might kind of go, Oh, that sounds a bit weird, but it's yeah. really powerful to give that emotion a, a voice. And yeah. what, what, what can I learn from this? What do I need to know? What do you want me to know about this? That's often all I ask there. And the thing I was going to talk about when you were saying about, you know, numbing the feelings, you didn't want to feel a certain thing, but you wanted to numb how you were feeling. That's how I was after my mum passed away. And I didn't even know I was doing it, but my numbing was with food, that Mm -hmm. it was my addiction. That's what made me feel good because I didn't, oh, I'm going to cry. I didn't know even how it was kind of in our family. It's not okay to feel sad. It's not okay to show that you're angry. It's not okay to show that you're even happy about anything. So it was just this, let's just bottle it all up. And if you can imagine metaphorically, eating food is sweet. It's fulfilling and that's burying the emotions. So I then had a double whammy of feeling all these emotions after mum died, but now being fat and feeling those emotions. And then it was kind of like, oh, fuck, I don't even like who I am. But And that took me years to, took me, takes me, (laughs) still taking years because it comes up, doesn't it, Mel? The, The things that from our past, we don't just go, oh, tick, done, don't need to deal with this anymore. It's, you know, I still have days where it's just like, oh, my God, what's coming up now for me to deal with? Do you have that? Do you have that? Yes. I mean, I think I will have to work with the abandonment. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it like I said, it's in levels and it get just gets easier and easier and easier and easier. But stuff will come up sometimes where I'm like, okay, that's the abandonment wound, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And is that what, from the family, why you were adopted later in life, that biological family, some abandonment stuff there, so new family and having that opportunity to sort of reinvent yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, and let me start off by saying I really, truly hold no animosity. I've done all my work. I've done all my work. (laughs) I'm aware everyone is doing the best that they could, and I love them. I love them, you know, but, you know, straight up facts, you know, I grew up without a mom, so I didn't, I lacked a lot of, you know, in those really important years, Mm -hmm. nurturing, I didn't understand it. I actually started to uh, block nurturance after a while. So I had to really, really learn how to nurture myself. That's one of my That's one of your big things, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then. You know, my dad just, he did the best he could. And overall, like the view of my upbringing now is I, they did the best they could. And it was really wonderful. He did the best he could. And he really was super. He just had troubles and, you know, had to go take care of himself, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened about when I was 14. So yeah, I was very lucky. All my nurturing came from, um, you know, I have two marvelous aunts. I have a lot of love in my life. I have so much love. That's a gift and the blessing from it all is I just received a lot of love from a lot of areas. But my teachers have always, always makes me tear up. My teachers have always been so important to me. They've really uh, helped guide me and even if I didn't understand a lot of it then, as I look back now, I'm like, holy moly, like a lot of my friends' mothers. And then, you know, my mo- I love my mom. I love my bio mom. I love my foster mom. I have a lot of love around me, I'll just say. And you can um, tell that when you're saying that, and I can see that yeah. in you as well, that yeah. you've done the work around that because you, I could imagine that there were times when you might not have been able to, acknowledge that that the love so you've done a lot a lot of work around around that 
I was going to ask you, because when we jumped on, when we did our pre-podcast chat, mm-hmm. you were saying that you feel nervous and a lot of the podcast guests absolutely feel nervous. I've been guest on podcasts and I feel nervous too. Yeah. And I said, why do you feel nervous? And you said, because this will be me speaking as me and learning to be me without performance. Yeah. What? Tell I'll, me a little bit more about that. That just brought me to tears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the, I believe it's the first time I've done anything like this as me. That's been my whole journey for the past 10 years is 10 or seven years, whatever, however you want to look at it. Cause I've gone back and forth. Do I want to yeah, be yeah. an actor? <laughs> I'm always drawn back to it, but at least for the past seven years or so I've done a show, but I really, I made this decision. A, it felt too hurtful to me. I have that rejection karma, you know, that abandonment karma. So to continuously, I heard a lot of yeses, but to be told the amount of no's that I was told, it just became too much for me. And then also handling basic needs at the same time, wanting this thing, wanting to live your dream and play and, you know, perform. But it's like I also had to take care of myself. So I always had to come back to focusing on taking care of myself. So there's that. But then it just became really loud and clear to me. Like, I just don't even the best way I can say it was like, I just didn't want to be anybody else anymore. I'm like, I don't know how to speak as me. I don't know how to voice my opinion. I don't know how to share who I am. I don't know how to do these things. Like I needed lines. Oh my goodness. I needed lines. I needed to be directed. And I was like, I really became clear. I wanted to learn how to do all of those things. I wanted to learn, you know, as a 30 33 year old woman um you know and it's like it took a long time it's like 10 years of work of learning how to stand to a learn who I am truly Mm -hmm. in my heart and soul you know learn who am I what am I Ron would say Yeah, yeah to really learn that a accept it microscopically day by day as hard as it was learn to move in that stand in that go out into the world as that yeah I forgot the question oh my gosh I think it was about I'm not I think it was about speaking as you learning to be you yeah so like that's for me it's like yeah this is one of those opportunities of showing up as me and just being my full vulnerable self saying, you know, just sharing when I spoke to you on the pre on our pre talk and telling you, I I just had this uh, knowing recently of like, I know I'm at the time in my life where it's about expanding in my service I know you ask your people like what stage of life are you in and mm. I I've been waiting for this moment. I've been cocooning for 10 years. Mm. And I just had this really clear knowing in the past several weeks of like I'm butterfly. Mm. It's time. And praying like how am I to be of service? Like just praying and asking, that's a lot. Those are things I do as well as tools is ask questions. Admit, A, I don't know. (laughs) That's my new favorite thing. Like (laughs) I have a fucking idea. Admit, I don't know. And ask, like, where do you want me? Where do you need me? Like, how am I to show up? And like, this is, I was scared as shit to come here and talk to you. I know know. know it's not that, you know, give a deal. But for me, it felt like because it's yeah. a new thing for me. It's new. It's just, it's new for me and new experiences can be scary. It's like the first day of what? Yeah. Fifth grade. Who knows? 
but so yeah I was asking how you know how am I to be of service like just show me the way I'll do it and like you know the next you called and so I was like okay <laughs> and isn't know. it those little nudges because we we've, we've kept in contact and we've been talking about this for a bit but it just didn't the timing didn't work and then it's right. like yeah yeah we'll reconnect we'll reconnect and then out of maybe the blue maybe not the blue maybe it was all all part of the the greater plan and it was about you speaking your truth as you and doesn't mean that that's comfortable does it like it doesn't mean it's comfortable but really following the calling I think you said to me I'm feeling just really pulled into the direction that I'm going because you've dipped in and out of coaching you've dipped in and out of acting you've dipped in and out of different aspects of life but now this is bringing you your trust in the guidance is bringing you to a place of being of service through being you and and one of the things that we talked about was in your coaching practice you tend to attract people who are going through transformation in life (laughs) and you help them with some tools to be able to navigate that and it's interesting because that's a reflection of where you're at so you're kind of experiencing and being able to share the the tools and the processes and things so others can benefit from that. So, and I feel very similar in my life and my calling. My, my coaching practice is an absolute calling. That's, I would never have thought, I would never have pre-planned that. It's an absolute calling and helping women to live their absolute best lives, but to be able to, you know, navigate through transitions and the limitations and the universe has presented me with lots of fucking limitations and things. But what I've been given the gift of is being able to navigate through them so I can help share the experiences. And I think you're very similar as well. And you're coming out of this numbingness and being directed in life and being showing up as somebody different that's rediscovering who you are and that's why we talked about this as a a kind of a process of rebirthing and renewal and that might sound a little bit woo to to people but it's a period it's transformation and that's what the butterfly is absolutely about the butterfly is that transformation and movement into the next version of yeah yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty open to the, what's really cool about it is I had such an, an ego. I had the will yeah. of, I can't even, I just control freak to let go. Like I've been practicing for however many years letting go, you know, and I had a lot of glimpses of it, but it's like, I got to the point of like, I can't control anymore. And I just am letting go and Gosh. being guided and following the guidance. And it came up earlier. It was, it was more painful not to move forward. And so that's what gives me the courage to move forward because it's what a part of what I find beautiful in a coach is someone who stands and shares their own selves, their own truth and shares their mistakes, their vulnerabilities, their scars, their bumps, their bruises, not someone that stands up there and knows it all. It's like, I run away from anyone who knows it all. And it's like, if I want to be the best, you know, person of service that I can be, it's like, I have to fucking do the work. Yes, to know. <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I 100% agree. And it's, I've worked with a whole range of coaches and some of, most have been absolutely amazing. Some not as amazing because it's that same thing. They haven't kind of got who I am and they've told me what I should be doing. And whenever anybody tells me what I should be doing, that is alarm bells. And I just have a, don't fucking tell me what to do. Hold space for me. Provide you know, your story is great, but when somebody tells me what they think I should be doing, that's just like boom, boom, barriers yep. come up. And that's probably, you know, that probably says more about me than it does about them. <laughs> you know, I have the rebel art. I, I have oh rebel. My 
I came out a little rebel. So yes, me, yes, me too. And a little tell me what to do. Yes. A little bit of actually a big dollop of independence in my, in my makeup. Oh my gosh, Mel, we could talk forever and ever and ever. That has gone so quickly. Where can our listeners, so you are working as a coach at the moment. Are you doing any acting still or not? Not at the moment. Ironically, tomorrow I'm going to meet my friends introducing me to her agency. She's mm-hmm. like, I just, I don't know if you want to or not. I was like, look, I'm neutral on it. If mm-hmm. I meet people, great. So anywho, I'm at that point in my life where it's like, I'm listening and I'm following. I'm listening yeah. and I'm following. Is it a yes or is it a no? So um to answer your question, um I'm open to it. And I know I will again. Yeah, yeah. I know I will again. I just don't know the when, the why, the how yet, but we'll find out. And I I think what you were saying there about just being open, trusting, following the guidance, and it doesn't mean when I hear that about following guidance, I just hear the little nudges and I follow up on them. It doesn't mean that they're going to be an automatic yes to me, but it's kind of like, oh, that's interesting I I get a really good feeling about it. So I'm just going to see, you know, the next step. That's my following the guidance. He's just paying attention to those little nudges and little signs and things there. Check it out. Checking Check things it out. out. So checking out. So I reckon you probably will. I think that's probably in your DNA, the acting. I can kind of get a set. You kind of light up when you talk about it. But anyway. Let us know if that comes off. Where else? So you do coaching as well. So you're in Texas. Um, yeah. Some of that online. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Primarily online. Tuesdays are my coaching days. You can reach me at Melissa Kid at melissakid.com. Just email me. I'm primarily. One D or two Ds? One D. M-E-L-I-S-S-A-K-I-D at M-E-L-I-S-S-A-K-I-D.com. Oh my gosh. We just did my jingle. Yeah, follow me on Instagram, Melissa underscore KID. That's simple. Yeah, just reach and we'll out to have me. All the, yeah, we'll have all the details in the show notes as well. So what's next for you then? What do you think the next little, even though you sort of said, yeah, following guidance and trusting? Yeah. Honestly, it feels so good to say I really don't know. <gasps> I'm just following my little my little micro steps daily, you know, I adore coaching. I'll move forward gently in acting at some point, however it works out. I just want to enjoy life day by day. That is legitimately what I had been striving to do for so long. Just live in the now. I had no idea how to do that. And it's a constant practice, but Oh my gosh, I love that. And I think that's a beautiful way to end the chat is to live in the the now, you know, Mm -hmm. and enjoy the moment because sometimes we can be so caught up in our minds about what's going to be or what has happened and we forget to just live in that present moment and get lost in the, the moment. So I love that you said that you really don't know what's next. But I hear a lot of trust and I hear a lot of faith when you say that. It's not just like, oh, fuck, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> I actually I'm trusting the process and what, what the next bit presents will be what yeah. it will be. Oh, my gosh. Girl, I have arrived. That has been my dream for years. Like, yeah. I just don't know how to do that anyway. <laughs> I love do you. you. Know when we when we were going through, so Mel and I went through two years of spiritual psychology studies, and I know you've done done a lot of other work as well. And my goal was about really recognizing who who I am, and you know understanding who I am, but getting to a space of peace. That there was a lot of grief still in my heart. There was a lot of unresolved negative emotions and I wanted to get to this place of I call it peace and it's about neutrality in all honesty where that the the negative emotions were kind of just dissolved and through those two years and the, the power that we did in that program but through 
other, you know, supporting things. I got to a point, oh, I can't even remember when it was. I think it was one of the, the practices that you were part of. And I'm going to cry. Yeah. I just, Mel, got to this piece that I had been dreaming and wishing about for so long and it happened. Like it was almost this part of me going, oh, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. And it was just beautiful. And it's not to say that every day is peaceful. Most days are, though, again, because of the work. And when things don't go, when things are not peaceful, I have the tools to be able to navigate through those so I can get back to that peace much quicker. And it's just been beautiful. So when you're saying that you've arrived at that, you know, that place, I feel, you know, I've been able to arrive at a place that's similar-ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got, sorry, I've got, I'm wearing bright pink and I've got, like, my eyes have gone all red. <laughs> hey, if you know anything about me, you know, tears are welcome. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, beautiful, so much for that. And if anybody, you've got Mel's details in the show notes, if anybody wants regular top-ups of happiness, sign up to the Happiness Hive newsletter, also in the show notes where I pop tidbits of, you know, my, my view on the world to you each week. So anyway, hugs and happiness. Thanks, beautiful. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.